Thanks for listening to another podcast from C3 Calgary West. Our hope is that this message will equip and inspire you in your walk with God. For more information about our church, check out our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram at C3 Calgary West. You have all been uh, so kind to Flora and myself and our son James who comes here. And uh, I just want to express our thanks to you. I want to read from uh, Philippians chapter 4. Pastor Lauren uh, asked me if I would do a brief review of last week. <clears throat> Whenever I'm sitting in the audience and the pastor wants to review last Sunday's sermon, I think to myself, I heard it. I don't need to hear it again. <laughs> But uh, perhaps many of you weren't here. So uh, just in a nutshell, last week we talked about the parable that Jesus gave about the man who gave talents to his servants. He gave five to one, two to another, and one to one. What we discovered from that parable is that the servants were not owners, they were stewards. They had been entrusted with something to be used for the benefit of the owner. And the bottom line of the message on tithing is simply God is the owner. He owns it all. Psalm 24 says the earth and all its fullness is the Lord's. James 1.17 said, every good, every good and perfect gift comes down from above from the Father. There's a sense in which God owns us twice. He owns us by the act of creation, and he owns us by the act of redemption. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, we are not our own, we are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. And in your spirit, which are God's. We discover in the Bible that one of the ways of acknowledging God's ownership is by the tithe. Leviticus says the tithe is the Lord's. It's not mine, it's his. Often when we talk about tithing, people say, well... That's the law. We're not under the law anymore. We're under grace. But the truth of the matter is that tithing was instituted 400 years before the law was given. When Abraham received a revelation that God was the possessor of heaven and earth, that he owned it all, it said that Abraham gave tithes of all. So the book of Proverbs, which is the book of wisdom, Proverbs chapter 3 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions. When I bring a tenth of all that God has prospered me with, I honor him. I acknowledge him. I am confessing that he is the owner. I am the steward. I am confessing that he is the Lord. And in giving, it is... It is an act of my obedience. Today I want to talk about 
the offering. And I'd like to read from Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 15 says, Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving but you only. For even in Thessalonica you sent once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek a gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And then there is this promise to the church, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. In this passage, Paul has received an offering from the church in Philippi to enable him to continue his missionary work. And he refers to that offering as an act of worship that was pleasing to God. I want us to observe these words. He said it was a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, and it was well-pleasing to God. I want to unpack that just a bit. The offering that Paul received, he said, first of all, it was a sacrifice. This offering actually came from a very poor church, the church in Macedonia. Paul refers to that in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and he actually talks about that church as a church of deep poverty. It's interesting that he wrote a rich church to tell them about the offering of a poor church. And he said, what you need to understand is, first of all, is that the offering is a sacrifice. I believe the tithe is an obligation. The offering is a sacrifice. He calls it in this passage an acceptable sacrifice. All through the Old Testament, you discovered that the offerings had to be acceptable to God. Cain and Abel brought offerings, and, and Abel's was acceptable. God said, that's good, I'll accept that. Cain brought an offering, and God said, I won't accept that. Some people have the idea that God's willing to accept anything, that he's really hard up and impoverished, and he'd be glad to get anything from anybody. It's not true. The offering has to be acceptable to him. In the Old Testament, it says about Israel at one occasion that when they brought their offerings, they were bringing the sick and the lame and the blind and those that were dying. And they rationalized, it's going to die anyway. 
so we'll give it to God. But God would not accept those sacrifices. He said, don't bring it to me. I won't accept it. The offering has to be acceptable to God. Notice further in the text, it says that it was well-pleasing to God. In other words, the offering brought pleasure to God. Because the offering, and I want you to understand this, the offering is an act of worship. And it is a demonstration of our love for Jesus. I want to try to pick the offering today out of the mud. It is, so many people have been manipulated, and I believe the body of Christ abused by many preachers as they have turned the offering into some kind of a pressure point in the service, a manipulation of the people. I want to say today that the offering is an act of worship. We used to say in the service, we hate to interrupt the, the worship by taking the offering. Listen, folks, the offering is worship. It is, it is bringing something that brings pleasure to the Lord. Paul said here, it was a sweet smelling aroma. And when I read that, I begin to think about a pattern throughout the Bible. It says in Genesis 8, 20 and 21, that when Noah came out of the ark, he built an, offer, an altar, and he offered offerings, and the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. It brought pleasure to God. Exodus 29, 18, that talks about the offering it said, it is a sweet aroma to God. And Numbers 15, repeated throughout the, that whole chapter, it says about the various offerings, they were a sweet aroma to the Lord, an act of worship. Psalm 95, verse 8 and 9 says, give to the Lord the glory due his name. I believe that's what we were doing in the worship. As we lifted up our voices and opened up our hearts, we were bringing glory to God, offering our praise, our thanksgiving, and our worship. But the psalmist went on to say, bring an offering. So I don't come and just offer words as important as they are. But he said, I bring an offering. I come into his courts, and he said, Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Hebrews 13, 16 says, And do not forget to do good and to share. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Now, I want to take you to John chapter 12 and share this little story about giving as an act of worship. I want to read this story to you and then I'll unpack it. 
John chapter 12, verse 1 says, Then six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper. And Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those which sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance, the sweet aroma of the oil. Let me paraphrase the story. It's six days before the cross. And Jesus has come to the house of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. It was his place of refuge where he was loved unconditionally. And as they gathered together, Mary understood in her heart this is the, this is the last time that he'll ever be here. He had been telling them over and over again that he's going to Jerusalem. He'll suffer and he'll die, but nobody got it except Mary because she'd sat at his feet, heard his word, and she got the message. And as she thinks about him and how much she loves him, she wonders what she could do. How could she tell him? This is her last opportunity. She'll not ask for something. And then she remembers her most valuable possession, a bottle of ointment of spikenard. It, it was very costly, it says. In fact, it was worth a, a year's wages. Think about how much you make. That's how much it was worth. And she brought her very best gift and broke it open and poured it out lavishly on his feet. And then she knelt, taking the tresses of her hair, which is a woman's glory, and she laid it at his feet and began to wash his feet with her hair mingled with her tears. And the Bible says that the odor of the ointment filled the house. I want to draw out of that story, I think, four things. The first is that giving is a choice. Mary made a choice. Luke 10, 42 says about her that Mary has chosen the good part that will never be taken away from her. In other words, it was a free will offering. No one coerced her. No one pressured her. It was a free will offering. A free will offering means it's an offering you're free to give or you're free to keep. It's our choice. And all through the Bible, it talks about this Willingness. Exodus 25, 2, God said, Speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. I want to stop there just for a moment to say that 
that first and foremost, I don't bring my offering to C3. I bring my offering to God. At the end of the day, I'm not dealing with the church. I'm dealing with God. God said, bring me an offering. He said, from everyone who gives it willingly, with his heart, you shall take my offering. I believe that God is inferring, if you don't want to give it willingly and freely, then just keep it. He doesn't need it as much as I need to give it. But it's, it's free will. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 8, and if you want to really study giving, 2 Corinthians 8, 9 or 2 chapters, it covers it all. He said, For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, beyond their ability, they were freely willing. 2 Corinthians 8, 12 said, For if there is first a willing mind... That's where it starts. It's free will. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, So let each one of us give purposely in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Some people have said God loves a cheerful giver, but he'll take from a grouch. <laughs> the church might, but God won't. And what I, I'm trying to convey to us, and I trust my heart is right and my spirit is gentle because I'm not here to beat you up. I'm here to lead you, I believe, toward truth. But we need to understand that God wants it from a willing heart, a cheerful heart. The second thing out of this story is that giving is an expression of our love. God expressed his love to us by giving. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. David said in 1 Chronicles 29.3, Because I have set my affection on the house of my God, I have given. I love this house. And one of the reasons I give in this house is because I love this house. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 8, 24, therefore show to them the proof of your love. He said about these same people, they first gave themselves to the Lord. Listen, folks, once you surrender your heart to the Lord, it's easy to surrender your possessions. It boils down to who is the Lord in our lives, who's the master, who's running the show. If I first give myself to the Lord, it's easy to give part of my possessions. Someone said you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. And giving, the offering, is an expression of my love. The third thing and the final thing is that love gives its best. Mary gave the equivalent of a year's wages and she gave it all. 
the very best. Some people say that that was actually her dowry. Her parents were dead. And she is giving up all other relationships because the, her relationship with Jesus was absolutely number one. And she gave him the best. Paul talked in 2 Corinthians 8 about the church in Macedonia. And he said they, they were in deep poverty. But out of their deep poverty, they gave. In fact, it was such a sacrifice that Paul said, no, no, no. That's too much. I couldn't take that much. But they were determined in their heart they would give the very best. I often think about the story in the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 21, the story about the widow. It said that Jesus stood by the offering box. I think he still does. He stood by the offering box and he watched the people as they brought their gifts. The rich people brought much and put it in and often with a fanfare. Jesus talked about that in Matthew chapter 6 and he said when the Pharisees were bringing their offering, they made a great show of it. They wanted everybody to see how much they were giving. And Jesus said they wanted to be noticed, and they were noticed, and they got what they wanted, but they'll not get any more ever. And so he watched, and finally a little widow woman slipped up, and she put two pennies in the, in the offering box, and that's all she really had. And Jesus said, she gave more than anybody else. And I know that some of you here today, it's a difficult time. I understand the financial economic climate in our city. And I know that for some of you, it is a really, really difficult time. And my heart goes out to you. I know something about that from our family. But I want to say it's not so much how much you bring. It's how you bring it. It's giving of what you have. And if you have little, then, then a little of a little is as much to God as a lot of a lot. You can understand what I'm trying to say. And Jesus taught us about that. We have also the story of the, the wise men. The wise men summed up their journey, said, we've come to worship him. That's why they made the long journey over the miles, said, we've come to worship him. And it says in the story, and when they'd opened their treasures, because a part of the worship was the giving of their possessions, they opened their treasures and they fell down and they worshiped him. It was David who was about to make a sacrifice and went to the place of, to offer it. And his friend said, I got everything you need. It's all free, David. You can have it. Just take it and offer it. And David said, I'll not give to God that which costs me nothing. In other words, he said, it'll be a sacrifice. 
I believe that tithing is an obligation. I believe that the offering is a sacrifice. And we are called to do both. And I want you to notice how the story ends. It said the house, the house was filled with the fragrance of the Lord. I have this overwhelming passion in my heart for our church that this house will be filled with the presence of the Lord. That there will be such an overwhelming sense of his presence that it will change our hearts and change our lives. That lost people will unexplicably be drawn from the north and the south and the east and the west and, and come in and find Jesus as Lord and Savior. And I don't know how it all works. Honest, I don't. But I know that being faithful to God with our tithes and our offerings have a connection to the extent of his presence. Because he said, if you will bring the tithes and the offerings into my house, I'll open up the windows of heaven over you. It is my cry and my heart that I could live under an open heaven, that you could live under an open heaven, that our church could exist under an open heaven with the favor and the blessing of Almighty God falling upon us Sunday after Sunday, week after week. And we will see a great harvest of lost people coming in till every seat in this house is filled and the glory of the Lord fills the house and overflows the sanctuary and there's this awesome sense of the presence of God. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. I'm done preaching. Now let me talk to you a minute or two. And we're going to play again today the video we played last Sunday. I said last Sunday that we need to live our lives today in the light of that day when we, when we will meet him face to face. It says in the story of the, of the parables that after a long time the master returned. And I believe that one day he'll come again and we'll stand before him to give an account of the things we have done in our body. And I believe a part of that accounting will be how we have handled the treasure, the finances that God has entrusted to us. I'm not here today to try to pressure you to raise a bunch of money. I want to tell you honestly from my heart, this is as honest as I could be with you. I want that day when you stand before him to be a good day for you. I want that you could hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Here's your reward. I've tried to live my life in the light of that day. The only thing I want at the end of all of life for me is when I stand in his presence to hear him say, 
well done. Good and faithful servant. That's my prayer for you. And that's why I brought this word of God to you these two Sundays. So I'm going to ask us to just sit with our heads bowed. As this video is played, it's called Well Done. If at any time during the video you sense you need to come to the altar and kneel down to make some commitment to the Lord, deal with some issue, I welcome you to do that. You can do it where you sit. I understand that. And I'm, I'm easy with that, whichever way it works. But let's listen to this video. And think about that day when we'll stand before him. My prayer is you'll hear, well done. God bless you. Listen to the video. Wow, what an amazing message from Pastor Fenn. Can we just thank him, please? Thank you. I'm going to invite the prayer team forward and we're going to uh, stay in this moment and continue to, to worship and respond if you want to. So if the, those on the prayer team could come forward right now, that would be great. And if you need prayer for anything, um, they'd love to stand and pray with you and, and believe for breakthrough. But if you still want to respond, we're going to continue and have Deb, Debbie just play the keys. And I just ask you to be respectful. We have an amazing... Um, foyer out there where we can continue our conversations but if we can live quietly as we allow for people to respond to today's message be blessed church have an amazing week thank you for being here today make sure you find out what's going on in the life of the church take home a calendar but uh, don't miss this opportunity to respond to the word of god today thank you thanks for listening Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.